0: There are several common health problems that are self-induced in nature, but one doctor is taking a stand to help patients take more ownership for their own health, and in the process, limit relying on healthcare professionals. In other words, daring to be fired by her patients for all the right reasons. We're going to discuss that idea today. You're listening to ReachMD, coming to you from the Omnia Education Women's Health Annual Visit in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Tom Wright, and with me today is Dr. Patricia Sulak, founder and director of Living Well Aware, a wellness conference dedicated to disease prevention through healthy living. Dr. Sulak is an internationally recognized physician, researcher, and professor at Texas A&M College of Medicine. She's also the author of the book, Should I Fire My Doctor? 11 Essential Elements to Living Well. Welcome to the program.
1: Tom, it's great to be here. Tell me
0: about this book you're doing.
1: Well, it's a, sort of a culmination of, uh, of actually 35 years of practice. In fact, uh, I and my husband, who we met in, I met in medical school, just had our 35th year reunion from medical school. And I've seen so much happen during those 35 years in medicine. And unfortunately, a lot of it's not good. What I'm seeing now is different than what I saw decades ago, and a lot of it is due to self-induced disease. When I graduated from medical school in 1980, you know, one in 10 of my patients were obese. Today, one in three of my patients were obese. And also, a few decades ago, rarely were my patients on pain medications. But today, the Center for Disease Control says, quote, There's a prescription painkiller epidemic among women. 15,000 deaths a year and close to a million, one million emergency room visits by women alone for drug use and misuse. I mean, it's like we're giving a lot of women pain medications that we didn't use to years ago, although there are no new causes of pain. Plus, you would think we would be healthier and happier. We live in the greatest country in the world. But the CDC documented that over the last few years, there's been a 30% increase in suicide in middle-aged people 35 to 64. So I'm seeing these statistics. I'm seeing more and more women on antidepressants, anti-anxiety, medications for sleep, medications for pain. And all of this has happened during my career. And a lot of it is due to self-induced disease. We're not exercising, we're not eating healthy, there's a lot of substance abuse going on, not only with painkillers, but with alcohol, cigarettes, and we're driving ourselves crazy with stress. We're, we're, we're becoming stressed out over things that women used to deal with in a lot healthier ways.
0: Interesting. So, how are you going to address this issue?
1: Well, when I, I and my husband decided to pursue wellness really pretty seriously about 10 years ago. Um, and. And what we did was we we thought, we're going to take this topic like I've taken any other research topic, Uh, because I'm actually internationally known for eliminating menstruation and redesigning contraceptives, and I'm into perimenopause, menopause. But when I decided to focus on wellness, it, it took me and him down a path we had no idea we were headed, because we not only started looking at physical health, we started looking at spiritual health, emotional health. And we started attending wellness conferences by respected medical organizations, reading respected books on on wellness, and also I started looking at the CDC data. I started reading every week MMWR, Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report, as something I never used to read, because I actually wanted to know what makes us sick, what makes us healthy, and what can you and I and our patients do about it? So I and my husband started coming up with a list of things that not only we wanted our patients to do, but he and I wanted to do, uh, because he's a very busy surgeon. So we thought, what are the things we can do? And we started making a list, and we came up with 11 essential elements to health and happiness. And that's what he and I lecture around, actually we're asked to lecture around the country on at medical organizations, business meetings, and women's groups uh, on these 11 essential elements. Uh, and by doing that, we're healthier and happier now in our 60s than we've ever been. And our marriage is at a level, I didn't know a marriage could be this great. So uh, that's what the book is focusing on, these 11 essential elements to health and happiness.
0: What's the top one on the list?
1: i tell you what, number one, and, and these are not in order of importance, but if they sort of flow well. Uh, you know, n- number one is something that we can all do, and that's try to have normal numbers now. And I focus on that in the book. We want to get our numbers as close to normal as we can. Cholesterol, blood pressure, our weight. You know, get, get those numbers normal. Number two, critique caloric consumption. There's no doubt our food consumption is creating a lot of uh, havoc to our health. Unhealthy food, excess food. And I talk about focusing on the Mediterranean diet. Number three, make movement Mandatory. While smoking is still considered the number one cause of death in Americans because of all the cancers, heart disease, stroke, and it was predicted in Lancet uh, last year that physical inactivity is going to overtake smoking as the number one cause of death. Really. So we need to be following the, the physical activity guidelines by the American Heart Association and, and by the CDC. And number four is halt harmful habits. We all do things that are not serving us well. Otherwise, we would be perfect. And I just don't know any perfect people out there. So all of us are doing things that are not healthy. Is it smoking? Is it drinking too much? Is it buying stuff you don't need? Now you have financial difficulties. Is it having so much anger and grievances that you just need to dump? All of us have something that if we just really worked on that, we would be healthier and happier. And those first four are important because the uh, American Heart Association has seven health metrics. And the more of these seven health metrics we meet, the, hel- the healthier we're going to be and the longer we're going to live. And four of them are numbers, and three of them are, are actually activities. The numbers are we need to have a normal cholesterol, uh, normal fasting blood sugar, you know, a, a normal weight, and a normal blood pressure. Right. And the other three are physical, are physical things, like don't smoke, um, exercise, meet the physical activity guidelines – Uh, And eat a healthy diet, such as a Mediterranean-type diet. The problem is only 1.1% of Americans meet all seven. Okay. And I and my husband didn't, (laughs) but we do now. So, But the more you meet, the better. And that's why the essential elements number one through four are important, because they help with those seven health metrics. But the number one excuse for us not being healthy is I don't have enough Time. Time and the others. I don't have enough money. So essential element number five is meticulously manage your money in minutes. What are you doing with that 1,440 minutes that you have every day? You know, and, and you know what? And, you know what are you doing with your money? Whether you make a whole bunch or you make barely enough to get by. For us to all look at that. But the truth is, in this country, we spend an enormous amount of money in minutes, consumed with superficial appearance and seeking entertainment. Thinking that's going to buy us health and happiness, and it's obviously not working. I'm seeing people on more medications for their emotional health and their physical health than ever before. And we just need to kind of look at that. And the more we do number five, manage our money in minutes, we'll be able to do number six, which is graciously give our gifts. Contribution is an essential element to health and happiness. And I and my husband had to really look at that. Are we really giving our gifts? And I'm proud to say that earlier this year, he spent two weeks in Rwanda operating on little children. Because he you know, he came back healthier and happier than ever, just trying to help people, right. just glowing. Exhausted, but glowing. glowing. And so we, we kind of had to look at what are we doing. Uh, and we're trying to get better at that. And it's not only number six, graciously give your gifts, but number seven, Forgive Family, friends, foes, but especially yourself. There's, there's so much anger going on. People are upset at this person, that person, and it's destroying them. For us to really look at grievances and just get over it. Uh, and the best thing we can do for ourselves, maybe not the other person we're mad at, but the best thing we can do for ourselves is, ju- is just forgive. And it's it's uh, the basis of, of many wellness philosophies out there, whether you're spiritual or not. Uh, and we're going to do it by doing number eight. Number eight. Passionately pursuing purpose and priorities. All of us have gifts, and, and are we really passionately pursuing that? And I know we in the healthcare profession we spend a lot of time just working on our healthcare profession, but we have so many other talents that we can be helping others with. And by doing that, it's going to help us do number nine, which we all have trouble with: stifle stress, sever suffering. Ever get stressed? Sever out?
0: suffering. Sever
1: suffering. Ever get stressed out, Tom?
0: Never. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> Can we go a day without saying stress? And it's a culture-created phenomenon. My parents never talked about stress. My in-laws, they actually called it life. Right. Uh, and that's probably one of my most requested talks around the country now to groups it is, you know, stifle stress, sever suffer suffering. Let's get the stress out of our lives. And it's created by our culture and a lot of the things we're doing, and it's not good for us. Right. We're seeing the ramifications from it uh, in, in people being... Being upset, having all sorts of emotional problems, and believe me, that leads to the physical problems. If you've got stress in your life, you can't do the other essential elements you know, exercise, eat healthy, and all. And and number 10, pause, ponder, plan, pray, whatever you call it in your world. I call it mindfulness meditation, and it's something I and my husband do every day now, and it's been one of the greatest things that we've done for our health, for our marriage. To just meditating and mindfulness meditation, particularly uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction. Actually, it really started big time at Harvard uh, where the mindfulness-based stress reduction clinic with John Kabat-Zinn. And now I think there are 800 clinics around the United States. And it's just been wonderful for us to just turn all of these electronics off, turn everything off and just be with ourselves and be in tune to what's going on. Get rid of all negative thoughts, and I can't talk enough about it. Uh, And number eleven, seek and secure support. Who's on your team? And your healthcare provider ought to be on your team. Right. (laughs) But there ought to be a lot of other people. Who's there that where you can get the best information, implementation, and inspiration to get healthier and happier? And today, wellness is a multi-billion-dollar industry. People want to sell you stuff to be healthier, and we all need to be really critical of what that is. I'm not saying it's all bad, uh, but a lot of it is us just taking better care of ourselves. Yeah,
0: because none of what you're talking about costs money.
1: That's right. You can even exercise at home.
0: Yeah. I'd like to
1: thank Dr. Patsy Sulak
0: for this fascinating interview. Make sure you get her book, Should I Fire My Doctor? Is it available on Amazon?
1: Yeah, yeah, on Amazon it's also available uh, on my uh, website, livingwellaware.com, because that's what we all ought to be doing, living well aware. Thank
0: you.